Welcome back to the Fairway Performance Podcast. My name is Sean Dykoff and I'm your host. And on this podcast, my aim is to help you improve your best asset on the golf course, which is your body, in order to improve your golf game. Uh, And not only that, but your fitness and your health as well. Now, on today's episode, what I'm going to go into is three separate conversations I had uh, with different clients during the week. And uh, just a a few little talking points about each of those uh, little conversations. So the first one was about uh, mobility and stability. The second one was about uh, training programs. And the third conversation was uh, with a client who is following programs online um, and just his journey from following a program or a minimal fitness uh, equipment program uh, and then moving into a, a program which actually has minimal equipment and etc. Uh, I might have actually said minimal equipment. I meant he did the no equipment program and then he's now moved into the minimal equipment program. So uh, the first talking point. So uh, mobility and stability. So firstly, we want to start with some context and like what is the difference between the two. So essentially mobility is the ability to move freely and easily around a joint. So um, our ability and our range of motion around a joint. So your hips, like how much rotation do you have in your hips? So how much movement do you have in your hips um, versus stability, which is the ability of your body. Um, and I'm reading this from a definition, uh, the ability of the body to maintain postural equilibrium and support joints during movement. So essentially, if I'm to put this in terms that uh, golfers would understand is if I was to have you stand there and you're adopting the posture as if you were going to hit a driver um, and not holding a golf club, just holding a driver, just pretending you're um, standing there like we've all done to you know practice our setup positions and different swing thoughts. And from that position, I want you to try and keep your lower body exactly still. So do not move it a single millimeter. So it has to remain perfectly still. And you do this by bracing and like creating uh, tension in the muscles down low. Um, So the glutes, the hamstrings, the quads, calves, everything that you can brace, you brace up. And then I want you to try and rotate your upper body or your torso and try and look behind you. Yeah, and then look in front of you or look to your backswing and then look to your downswing. I don't care how far you can rotate. All I care about is that you can maintain stable base, so stability in the lower lower half, and then rotate, keeping uh, the lower body perfectly still, and the upper body is the only thing that's moving. So when we talk about stability, that is essentially what we're talking about when we uh, are trying to build it for a golf swing. We want to be able to maintain a, a solid low base and be able to rotate up top uh, and then vice versa we want to be able to rotate the lower body and and keep the upper body stable as well and brace up hard so um, just to quickly cover off on those two now how how do they impact your golf swing obviously we know the importance of stability during a golf swing Uh, if we're not stable we don't have good balance we don't have good coordination Um, we swing the golf club we fall over you know we're going to be unbalanced and the swing is going to you know, be an absolute train wreck. Uh, so we need to have that stability. Now, what do we what do we need to do when we are trying to build stability? We need to increase the strength and increase the muscles around the joints uh, which they are supporting. So we can uh, think of the hips as a really good one. Uh, what what um 
muscles are we trying to build or what muscles are we trying to use in order to keep the hip square and to be able to move it through internal and external range of motion. So we need to train the VMO, we need to train the quads, we need to train um, the calves to some extent, the hamstrings, the glutes, um, the adductors, the abductors. Um, all of these muscles uh, come into play in keeping the knees stable and or keeping the, the knee joint stable and also the hip joint stable. Um, and also, if we think of the hips too, we're thinking of um, some core muscles, so things that are just above it uh, in order to keep it stable. So the lower core muscles and uh, even obliques and um, you know our lats come all the way down there. Uh, there's, so there's lots and lots of muscles that are, are going to help us to, to stabilize the hips in some way, shape or form. So uh, how do we train them? Firstly, we build muscle around it. Uh, so we do you know, sets of eight to 12 reps to uh, create muscle hypertrophy, uh, which is gonna help us to build muscle mass around those joints. And then, uh, and only then, once we've built that muscles, uh, muscle size and you know, a bit of density in the muscles there, then we can start looking at um, building some strength through it. So decreasing the reps, increasing the weight, um, which will also decrease the amount of soreness that you're gonna get from the exercises and, um, and trying to load those joints up with more weight so that we uh, are having to build stability and, and strength around it. So um, I, I just thought it was important to uh, just talk about the the difference between mobility and stability because a lot of the times when I do uh, movement screenings with golfers and, and pose that question to them, like what's the difference between the two or um, do you feel it's a mobility or a stability issue? Um, a lot of them don't know. And actually to, to give a little more context as well, the, the mobility and stability thing comes up when uh, I'm looking at dissociation in particular. Um, so the ability to move the, the upper and lower bodies independent of each other. And if you were to struggle doing that uh, test that I mentioned before of keeping your lower body still and just rotating your upper body, then one of the ways that I can test if I'm doing a screening with someone or you could test yourself by doing a, a certain way is if you were to so if I hold onto someone's hips, so one one hand either side of their hips and, and squeeze in just a little bit, uh, if it helps them to rotate without moving the lower body because I'm providing that stability, uh, essentially um, artificially adding stability to them, then it's not a mobility issue because they can rotate, so they do have the ability to rotate. Uh, it then becomes a stability issue because they don't have the... Um, the bracing strength or the ability to coordinate their muscles to brace against that. So there could be, you know, some practicing of bracing um, just to teach their body, um, you know, what it needs to do in order to brace and, and stop that uh, rotation from happening in the hips while the um, while the torso is trying to rotate. Um, but also, uh, it could just be the fact that the muscles are weak and they're just unable to stabilize you while you're trying to do that. So. Um, yeah, anyway, that's that's all I want to dive into on that one. So mobility and stability. Uh, the next conversation I had with someone was, um, and this was like a, a voice note conversation over Instagram actually, and um, I posted something about uh, off-season training and I just got into a conversation uh, with this guy and um, he was telling me that um, his off-season training looks like some days doing higher reps, some days doing lower reps, um, and then some days he'll do core and back and then cardio and other stuff. And um, he was sort of, it sounded like, well, he was saying that he had a plan, but 
it sounded like there was no plan at all, um, to be honest. And what that what that says to me is um, when someone goes in and they just change their training based on feel, most people that I see do that will just never get the results that they want because they're not sticking to the thing that they need to stick to for long enough. And one of the one of the core components to or the key components to getting results in the gym is we need to be doing the same thing repeatedly over multiple weeks and increasing the resistance the repetitions or something some sort of metric in that to make to make it more difficult over time in order to see progress in that um and we want to milk that for as long as possible because while you're making progress, it is amazing. You're going to, you know, you feel just so much better. You're so much more motivated. You're so much more happy when you're actually making progress in that thing because there's always going to come a time with every single movement that you ever do and it's just the nature of it. We're going to stop making such large progress. So when I say we want to milk that for as long as possible, we want to uh, say do back squats and if you're doing you know three sets of eight back squats and you can increase from 100 pounds to 105 to 110 to 115 120 30 40 50 then you can get up to 160 pounds over say 10 to 12 weeks it takes you to get there then my advice is to just keep doing that if you can keep whacking on five pounds each week and making progress in that there'll come a time where you can't do that anymore and that's where you may need to add variation into the movement so Instead of doing back squats, you go to front squats and you start at a weight that's challenging for eight and then you add two and a half to five pounds each week um, or, you know, two and a half to five percent or three to five percent, whatever the number is. Uh, Keep adding that each week until you can no longer do that and three sets of eight at that weight anymore and then change it to a different movement to overhead squats or you can go to unilateral training where we're doing um, you know, single leg variants. So we're doing um, dumbbell split squats and you do three sets of eight each side and increase the weight there. What that allows you to do is to make, what, what I've just said there, if you just did those four movements as your uh, leg strength movements across one year, you could do at least, you know, six to eight weeks of each of those. So say for, for argument's sake, we did eight weeks of each of those movements and I've just named five movements. That's 40 weeks worth of training that you've got right there just from doing five different movements. And then once you've done those five different movements this year, if you're then to come back to that same training program next year and then do those exact same five movements across the year, follow the same amount of time, and then on the numbers that you did last year, just start five pounds heavier each week then next year you're going to have increased all of your lifts by five pounds every week and then increased your total PR by the end of it. So this is the power and, and we can do that for multiple years before we start to see any you know stagnation in progress. And that is the power of following a program and adhering to it for a consistent time and, and being consistent with it for a long time is we can see that type of progress. Um, this guy, um, he was saying he's going to the gym every other day and he'll have a cardio and a back day and then leg day with light chest. Um, he doesn't go crazy for chest because he doesn't want to um, decrease mobility. Uh, what are we looking at here? Um, he'll do leg and absets with lots of reps, but then the next week he'll do it with less reps, but it's always the same amount of sets regardless. So 
essentially he's he's just chopping and changing so much like one week he's doing um leg and ab with lots of reps so he's doing a, a mus- muscular endurance type session um which in of itself is just not ideal for golf um I'm, I'm assuming when he says lots of reps he's talking like 15 to 20 reps or 20 to 30 reps or something like this um and then if he comes down to the lower end and he's doing a strength set like down to the say three five seven rep range um keeping it just under hypertrophy range then you know that is the opposite training of what he's trying to do with um with the the higher reps um it's better for golf to be doing those lower reps but then by the time he comes back to doing the same uh, movement in two weeks' time, he's sort of detrained himself by doing the higher reps the week after and then coming back to it. And unless he's forming some sort of really long-term view, which um, from from our conversation he, he wasn't uh, essentially trying for that long-term view, uh, it's you're just not going to make progress. Or you might make progress, but it might just be really slow. And if you've been training for any period of time then you probably are not going to make progress by doing that. So um, essentially why I brought this uh, topic up is because it's it's probably adherence is, is the number one determinant as to whether someone is successful in a program. And it happens with my programs and everyone else's is, you know, we need to be just following what the program says and doing it week over week over week and putting trust in that program. It To be honest... Y- Unless you're some sort of elite athlete, you can do any program on the internet, really, and you can make progress in it. You do one weight the first week, and you do something heavier the next week, and then something heavier the week after. You've just made progress in that training program, you know, so it's it's very achievable. It's the, the greatest results will come to those who are able to do that thing for, you know, 6 to 12 weeks, or 12 to 24 weeks, or 24 to 48 weeks. Um, to use a live example of myself, I'm currently following the off-season training program uh, that I have uh, just delivered to all the the users of the Fairway Performance app. And in week one, I did uh, three sets of, uh, oh, sorry, it's four sets, um, four sets in this um, hypertrophy phase, four sets of eight each side of uh, barbell rearward lunges. And in week one, I did 70 kilos. Um, which is around 155 pounds for for those uh, on the imperial system. And that 155 pounds uh, in the the next week is going to go to, say, 165 pounds. I'm going to go up two and a half each side or five each side um, kilos uh, and increase that. And I'm hoping to increase that until I get to 100 kilos or maybe 110 kilos because I've gotten up to that weight before and I'm currently a little weaker than what I have been in the past or just not not as strong. Um, so I'm hoping to get up to that. So for me to get there, if I just increase two and a half to five kilos each week, even for me who I've been training for probably I'm 36 years old now, I've been training since I was about 16 to 18 years old, not following these exact programs, but doing all this, all these different exercises if I can be making that progress across these movements because I haven't done them for a little while, then you can too. Like there's no reason why you can't be increasing it. It just comes down to adhering to it, sticking to it, and just being really consistent with it. Uh, cool. I think I've sort of hammered that point home enough. Uh, and then the the last thing is uh, 
just chatting with someone who is a, a current user of the app and um, they were just saying how uh, they've had a, a good result from um, following the program and they started off with the, the no equipment program and this guy I've had a couple of chats to him over time and um, he got derailed because he had a, a little accident on a on a skateboard um, if, if he's listening to this he probably knows who I'm talking about uh, but he followed the no equipment program got all the way through that and then I believe he started the minimal equipment program and then he had an accident took six weeks off because he stacked a skateboard uh, and then he's gone back to the no equipment program. Um, and his comment on the no equipment program was, uh, was a good foundation and the right difficulty starting out for someone who's never worked out. It's helped me on the course by allowing me to play and practice more with less fatigue. Before I would be sore and my swing would fall apart by around hole 15. Now I can play a full round without falling apart. So while following a, a no equipment program is not the ideal thing i do understand that people need to do that when they are uh, you know traveling or you just have no access to equipment for a period of time or you're someone who um, doesn't own any gym equipment never trained in the gym before and you literally are just that keen to get started that you just want to go straight for it at home then this is a program which you can just pick up anywhere and just go for it you just put the phone down on the on the counter or wherever it is next to you, uh, click on follow along and, and just follow me through all the different movements on there. But um, you don't need any equipment in order to get started. So what what I mean by that is if, if you're someone like me, I'm not going to make significant progress by starting off with a minimal equipment program or a no equipment program because I've gotten my body used to external loads and lots of weights and things like this so i need a stimulus which is more like heavier or harder or requires you know rotation and bands and all this other stuff so my body is very used to those external stimulants which i cannot get from minimal equipment or from um or from using uh just my body weight for exercises if however you're someone who is just starting out and you've never really trained before then the the best exercises that you can do are the ones which are uh, unloaded. So body weight is essentially unloaded because you're just moving around what you move around all day, every day. Uh, and then slowly building to being able to use a, a couple of pieces of equipment. So using a, um, you know, a dumbbell or kettlebell or a barbell or medicine ball or bands or something like that, then you can add those things in later. But in order to start seeing progress, you don't need any stuff. Um, so just to like, I'm just going to read out what the um, what the first workout is. So no equipment workout one. Um, we've got th- uh, three rounds of four different mobility exercises. Um, so there's quadruped hip circles, there's deep lunge and rotation, kneeling wall thoracic rotations, and inchworms. Um, so they target all different areas. The hip circles, obviously, for hip mobility and rotation. Deep lunge and rotation brings in the thoracic and the hips. Kneeling wall thoracic rotations is internal external rotation of the hips and thoracic rotations. And inchworms is hamstrings, low back, upper back, shoulders, um, a whole bunch of uh, different muscles there. Uh, Then the next piece of the workout is a little strength duo. So it's doing clock lunges and T push-ups. So clock lunges are where we start from a standing position, we step forwards into a lunge, step back, then we step out at 45 degrees or 90 degrees and then step back and then we step backwards and then forwards. Um, so we're doing like a, 
um, a 12, a 3, and then a 6 um, position for lunges. And when we do that, um, we're just hitting different um, angles of the muscle and sort of just getting a slightly different stimulus and loading it up slightly differently. So um, it's going to uh, challenge the body. It's also because we're doing a lot of reps by going one repetition is going forward, side, back. Um, so there's actually three little um, lunges there that equal one repetition. And then doing that three times would equal actual nine lunges each side um, up to the higher rep range of that exercise, which is up to six reps, which would, which would actually be 18 lunges each side. So you can see how that would then start to um, cause a little bit of fatigue and um, you know muscle damage and building back bigger, stronger muscles. Um, the T push-ups are the next one. So that's doing a push-up and then uh, raising your arm up behind you. So a bit of core strength and chest strength. Uh, the next bit is lateral jumps and snow angels. So lateral jumps, adding a little bit of um, speed and, and power element to it. Uh, snow angels, adding a bit of postural um, strength there. So trying to strengthen up all the muscles uh, behind the shoulders, the delts, the rhomboids, the, the <coughs> excuse me, the back and the lats, etc. Um, so there's a whole bunch there. Uh, and then the last piece is core and rotation. So we've got some plank shoulder taps, alternating dead bugs, and then flutter kicks. So um, all exercises which are training anti-rotation, rotation, uh, and then just pure core strength. So you can see there, there's there's no equipment needed for that. And there's, there's three workouts within the program um, that I have for that no equipment workout. Um, you know, in week one, we start with three clock lunges each side. In week two, we do four clock lunges each side. In week three, we do five clock lunges each side. In week four, we do six clock lunges each side. Uh, and then we can choose to, um, you know, add some weight to that. Um, if you have a light dumbbell at home or you have a carton of milk that you can put, you know, two to three liters of water in, so two to three kilos, you can just hold on to that. Um, you could put your golf bag on your back and do that. I've seen all sorts of people um, do all sorts of different things to, to load up the exercises and to uh, make it challenging and to add some external resistance or load to their body in order to do the exercises. Um, so there's, you know, there's a, a limitless amount of ways that you can do it. And if someone was to hit me up on the app and ask, um, you know, how would I do this? Like I would more than happily help. It's a super easy conversation to have and something I actually love having because people are actively thinking of ways to do their training instead of thinking of ways that, or reasons why they shouldn't be doing their training. Um, Cool. So uh, that's essentially all I really wanted to dive into on this episode, just those three sort of conversations that I had. And um, I just think it's really important that one, we understand the difference between stability and mobility, um, because understanding the difference there and there's, you know, we need to have strength in order to have stability, but we also need to have mobility so that we can use our stability and rotate around to create power and, you know, distance in our game, consistency, all that type of thing. Um consistent training we need to be following a program for a consistent time and i know it's not the sexy short fast simple answer it is you know hard work dedication commitment um, and adherence is the key thing there um, follow a program for a period of time it is so good holding on like i'm absolutely loving doing these rearward lunges currently and just sticking with four sets of eight each side and just increasing the weight because i can just feel my strength coming straight back and i can't wait until i get up to the week of 100 105 110 kilos on those lunges um, because my body's going to feel back to where it was um, you know maybe 12 months ago before i had um, now a bit of a stressful period and, and training um, fell to the back burner but 
Um, I, I cannot wait to get back there to, to feel that because um, it means my, my gains are back. Uh, and then the beginning of your fitness journey. So you don't need any equipment to get started. Um, just like, um, I don't want to say his name, uh, but we, you know, messaging the other day and he was just saying how good it was to, um, you know, do the, the no equipment program and how it just found, it was just such a good baseline for him. And he just noticed the difference on course, you know, by hole 15, his swing wasn't falling apart. He had the energy to get through the round. Um, and you know, just playing better. Um, I'm assuming he's playing better golf because of it. Because you know, 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, you know, that's four holes. That's nearly 30% of his round um, that he's not falling to pieces for. Uh, so um, I'm hoping that's helping his handicap or um, you know whatever he's hoping to get out of his game. I hope it's I hope it's helping him with that, um, which I know it will be. Um, cool guys that's all I'm going to say if you um, want access to the programs that I've been talking about so the no equipment the minimal equipment um, or even the off-season program which I was sort of talking about myself there uh, you can jump onto it. there's a link in the show notes here um, to the fairway performance training app which is on the google play store uh, and it's on the apple app store you can click on that it'll ask you to set up payment details and all that stuff um, but you will not get charged until the seven day free trial is over so feel free to jump on there if you cancel within those seven days you don't get any debits and you just get access to all the app for that seven days to to test it out and to have a look uh, if you have any questions when you get in there, there's a little chat button down the bottom where you click on that and it goes straight to me. Um, I spend time each and every day jumping on there and just helping people out with um, either a short video or a photo or a short little note just to give them some guidance on um, where to get started or even just checking in uh, like I do. I try and make time for a few clients every single week where I'm literally just reaching out to them and asking them if there's any help or support they need um, in order to help them in their, their training journey uh, and they're you know, getting better at golf. So um, if you'd like to take me up on that, yeah, click on the link. Um, otherwise, I hope you guys play well um, and I'll talk to you guys next week.